0: This is not a military takeover. Stand by for action. Rebuild. I am on a battle stick. Stick. Anything can happen in the next hour. To the Paranoid Squirrel Rock Show. For the best in punk, junk, and glunk.
1: <laughs> Cold sweat runs down on my cheeks. Why my heart's getting high to beat? My throat's so dry and I got some shakes. Again, morning, morning, again, headache. Again, morning, again.
2: Is it a dream. Well, sometimes I think it is. Coming up on this week's episode is an interview I conducted with Mr. Duncan Reed of Duncan Reed and the Big Heads and formerly of the Boys, where we'll be spinning a handful of tunes from his new and final album, and it's Goodbye from him, that you can still pre order over at duncanreedandthebigheads.com and discussing how it came to be and how and why will be hanging up his Rick and backer, But before we get into all that, uh, I'm going to play some new music that has interconnectedness connotations as Jim Penfold, he of Jim Penfold and the Hollywood Killers, has just released a new single under the guise of the Psycho Dahlias called What Do I Know? Of course, the interconnectedness is that Jim and Duncan formed the Matinee Idols back in 1976 that became the Hollywood Killers. You knew all that already. much miss stiff beta and you must be a witch from the last race album that features on drums from richie who played drums on duncan reed and the big heads debut album speedways as a band are coming up for their fifth anniversary apparently they have some very cool things to announce in the coming months in the meantime this is monday was the start of the stars. open brackets to forgive and forget close brackets of course the speedways feature mario and who played guitar on the big heads bottoms away album <laughs> get going with my conversation with Mr. Reed I have a confession to make the last couple of times Duncan has been on, he has provided me with the audio files that he has gleaned from the Zoom chat that was hosted by himself this time I thought I'd use my all singing, all dancing Rodecaster Pro 2 to conduct proceedings, even though as Duncan pointed out, it would sound like he was on a mobile phone probably because he was and because I had a cold, I could re-record myself. So what, uh, I would sound professional. Yeah s- stop laughing, Barton. Anyway, enough of my yakking. Barton, if you would be so kind as to press play. Thank you. <laughs>
1: Gave
2: me force As I mentioned earlier, it is now time to welcome from Duncan Reid and the Big Heads, Mr Duncan Reed himself. Good evening, Duncan. How are you doing?
3: I'm really good. Um, my life over the past week has been spent going backwards and forwards to the post office and sticking CDs in envelopes and sending them out because um, we got the CDs in for the new album about a week ago. And so I've been sending them all out to the people who took advantage of the pre-order offer, because um, the album's not out till middle of September, but everybody who ordered it in advance and helped pay for the recording costs is, is getting theirs now. Um, we're still waiting for the LP to come in, so until that comes in for a few weeks, um, the pre-order, which is on the website of com, where you can Order uh, a new CD or a new album, and also get a load of the old ones for nothing. Uh, it's still going to be available for a few more weeks.
2: And for my overseas listener, are they available to order it?
3: Yes, I won't say how. <laughs> no, I won't take myself on the air. But yes, we can. Yes, is the short answer. We did um, in the past. We did have. Um, a a Brexit-busting store in Hamburg uh, where we were sending stuff out from and uh, that's what we've been doing.
2: So this is your last studio album? Yeah. When you started to write for it and then began the recording process, was your thought, this is going to be it? Or did that come later?
3: No, not at all. I mean, it's very much like a lot of albums that are probably coming out around this time. It's very much the result of lockdown. Um, because you might remember I, I did I did a video blog of writing a song uh, just after the first lockdown hit. Uh, and then I really didn't do anything more. Um, had a great time between the lockdowns. And then in the middle of the second lockdown, I really wrote and demoed almost the whole album. And uh you can see on on that video that I record most of the vocals at home, um, a, a, and the vocals on the demos end up on the fi- final album, and everything. Just about everything else is is re-recorded. But it so I spent two years. Well, I spent one year uh with gigs being cancelled and rearranging them, and after about a year, I gave up. And then when we got started again, um. It's a funny old thing, but while the gigs were still really enjoyable, I suddenly realised that I didn't need to do it anymore. And I'm not totally sure why. I've got a few theories in my head as to why that happened. But whereas before I didn't have any choice about playing gigs, I had to do it. It was something i needed to do and when i didn't need to do it anymore and i could look back at what i've done and feel you know quite pleased with myself then all you're left with is the hassle of doing it uh and of course that's that's worse than it used to be because of brexit and and, and, and it's very difficult now that you can't send you know a box full of merch ahead um Uh, It's very difficult not to lose money playing in Europe. So that's all part of it. But I wouldn't say it was all of it. Just for some reason, I didn't need to do it anymore. Um, So I thought, well, you know, I'm happy. I'm happy with what I've done. Let's just um, do the gigs that we've got left, organise another one at the Lexington on October the 7th and uh, finish with a big bash.
2: So your final gig is on the seventh of
3: of October. Yeah, yeah that that that'll that'll be the last one. If you go on, we got tickets. I think there's <clears throat> there's about fifty tickets left. Um, so get in there. It's quite it's quite funny looking at the list of everybody who's bought so far. I think it's going to be the first gig I've done where I know everybody in the audience. <laughs> Looking at all the the names. Oh, yeah, I know you, I know you, I
2: know you. It's going to be fun. Obviously, I have my ticket, and this will be the first time that I will have seen you live since July 2019. I did have a ticket for the uh, Don't Blame Yourself launch gig that came part of the uh, fan-funded package for the aforementioned album that got postponed, and then it became part of the uh, Power Pop Festival because originally it was going to be at the... um,
3: Blackheart. And then in December of whatever it was, uh, would it have been 2020? I can't remember. Times does funny thing. We put the Lexington and then COVID sort of just reared up again, didn't it? Uh, And uh, it was like the last Saturday before I think the second lockdown started. And um, we were due to do that and, and then go to Manchester the day after. And everybody was getting cold feet. Uh, especially especially the two girls. And thankfully, we did cancel it because um, we would have spent the whole journey up to Manchester in a car with Nick Hughes, who had COVID. Um, so um, it got, yeah, it, that one got canceled and then we rolled it into the Powerpop Festival the following summer, last summer, which was great. It was brilliant playing with the Baby Shakes who we played with in New York. It's funny, we played with them in New York and we headlined, we played with them in London and they headlined, but uh, it's just great to, to share a stage with them.
2: We haven't actually mentioned that the album is called, and it's Goodbye from him, and I have to say, apart from enjoying the music, you've done a great job explaining in the sleeve notes how each song came together and what they're about. Like with Don't Blame Yourself and It's Goodbye from him, comes across very personal. Did the Covid situation give you a different approach? No, I think my
3: have always been personal. Really, um, there's a there's a, a great play that was written by Ray Davis about the Kinks and his life, and I've also read one of his biographies. And you know, he he's he's funny because he almost thinks in song lyrics. Um, you know, it wouldn't, you wouldn't be surprised if you've read his autobiography to hear a song that says, oh, I just cooked myself a chicken Vindaloo because he had just kicked him, cooked himself a chicken Vindaloo. And uh, a lot of songwriters, I mean, the subject that we all think we know most about is ourselves. Um, funnily enough, I didn't know about myself for 63 years, which was. Um, but anyway, we we'll come back to that. And um, so you know especially when you're as old as I am there's an awful lot of material there to uh, to write about and then on top of that as we said earlier that you know the album was largely written during lockdown and so there was lots of material there for instance uh, ju- just to give an example there's the song the um, the gilded cage which as i say on the sleeve notes was just when I turned on the telly in the middle of lockdown and saw Michael Palin in one of his um, travelogues in Cairo station surrounded by humanity. And I probably hadn't seen anybody for two weeks. And the idea of being in a crowded room, breathing in what everybody else is breathing out was so shocking. And then, um, you know, looking up on, on on my wall and seeing a photograph of uh, when we toured Argentina and everything going on and just feeling sorry for myself. I thought, well, I'm, oh, no, this is no good. I'm just going to write a song to cheer myself up. And the song was The Gilded Cage because that's what it felt like. You know, there I was in my very nice house with a very nice garden, but nevertheless, it was a cage.
2: I think at this point, it is the perfect opportunity to hear the song in question. <laughs>
1: Seems so wild and free from another So bright and warm in another
3: Another one that's, you know, very, very personal, which is called Oh My My, which is about when my daughter uh, got pregnant, which was a couple of summers ago. No, more than that, because the the young lads just turned two. So it was about three summers ago. And so I wrote, wrote about her because she'd been trying for a long time and it was just so joyful that she'd finally managed. But it also took me back to when um my wife told me for the first time that she was pregnant and I was thinking bloody hell I better grow up then uh no, there's no more nights down the pub I've got to grow up I've got to get a proper job because I've got I've got responsibilities now and uh you know it's a great it's a great almost universal theme I think you know that, that certainly of you know parents longing for, longing for a baby and on the other hand, it being sprung on a father, and then thinking, "Bloody hell, what the he- what the hell's happening?" All set to uh, a very jolly power pop punk tune, of course.
2: I have to say, "Oh my my," is one of my favourite tracks from the album.
3: Most people s- sort of say two tracks, and that is one of them. Uh, I think it's one of the high points of uh, my career. I mean, going back, obviously, first time is right up there, and uh, and there's a few boys tracks on the first album it seems to be kelly's gone insane is i, I would say it's the
2: favorite that you still play and goes down a tree
3: yes and um i think on the on the previous album it's uh to uh, to live or live not probably right up there and bombs away on the bombs away album i think you know that i think those i think oh my my is right up there with uh the real peaks of my career i think <laughs>
2: involvement of Heidi Cotton as I saw pictures of her in the studio with you on the socials
3: we called her the bender because wherever you hear a guitar solo where there's a bendy note it it, it, it tends to be her and, and, she, and she does it really well so there's a few guitar solos and other little bits and pieces that she plays uh, I finally got yeah it, it, it was funny because um, she plays in the Middle Night Men with Nick and Nick um, you know he, he as usual he's got a million and one things going on including um you know his my chemical romance uh, uh tribute band which is getting him really busy so uh she was st- she was standing standing in when uh when Nick wasn't available um so I finally an- I finally managed to say on stage with uh, Heidi Sophie and Karen that I'm the best looking bloke in the band
2: and the tallest
3: but the tallest bloke yeah which I'm not often.
2: <laughs> Who will be playing with you at the last gig?
3: Nick is playing the last gig. I'm sure that we'll uh, we'll have a uh, yeah you know, two or three guest appearances from people who've played with us over the years. But I'm not sure how long we're going to get because they have a club night at the uh, at the Lexington. It's one of my favourite favourite venues. I've got to say we played at another in Sweden recently, Accurat, this amazing bar in Stockholm. Um, and the night before we'd played with, uh, Hugh Cornwall and, um, the undertones and the poor undertones drummer, um, got a dicky belly. So, um, they had to do it without a drummer. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was still quite good. It was still pretty good, but it was, um, it was like you saying it, it was sort of bittersweet because, uh, so many people were, were saying, Oh, that was great. But why, why are you stopping? Why are you stopping? And, um, it's quite hard to explain especially in a minute with um with uh loud music going on in the background you sort of just stand there sort of saying sorry you know uh but uh i i, I do feel it's it, it's the right thing to do i mean it means you know without naming names some people go on too long don't they and you know, i'd certainly have a few more years of being brilliant if i wanted to do it but it's good to go out it's good to go out right at the top, you know,
2: I, I have to say that every time you release an album, it's uh, better than the previous. And that, and that's not knocking them. Admittedly, I was slightly late to the party with bombs away. The first solo album of yours that I bought on the day. Oh,
3: well, thanks for saying that. I, after every album, I always think, Oh, that's the best. That's the best one. Um, and I certainly feel it uh, after this one. It's, I, I, I'm, I'm proud of all of them. And they're all slightly different in, in their own ways. But I think, you know, I think the songs are brilliant. The production by Dave Draper. I mean, nor- normally I, I claim that, you know, I co produced the album because I'm involved a lot in the arrangements. But I wanted to give Dave the sole production credit on this because he's a genius. He really is. And the most enthusiastic person I've ever met in my life. Uh, and he makes you feel like 100 100 feet tall he keeps on sending me texts saying you cannot stop you bastard you know he he he, he he's definitely one of the people who keeps on at me every day saying get writing write a song write a song uh, and i just ignore him
2: with that in mind would you ever consider writing for somebody else
3: you know the you you, you talked about the um, the songs being very personal and my song Song notes being very open, uh, uh, and of course, I thought long and hard as as, as to whether I should reveal this, but I'm quite happy for people to know it. With that, the, the, there's a song um on the album called um, "Everybody Knows It's True," which was ha- has the chorus line, um, "Everybody knows it's true, a happy song will see you through." But sometimes you're singing the same words they do to a different tune. And when I wrote it, I thought, oh, "What the hell is that about?" Um, so, and I played the demo to to a friend who's um, happens to be a, a a therapist, and he said, "Have you ever? What What does that mean then?" Uh, and I said, "Oh, you know, it's um, people are strange, aren't they? You don't you don't you don't always understand them." And I think what it what it was was that music had been a an escape because I found it difficult to understand the world, uh, and and I think that's what the, l- the lyrics meant. Anyway, he said, "Have you ever, have you ever uh, had a test to see whether you're autistic?" And I said, "Ah, oh, sort of. Of course, I'm not. Anyway, I am. I <laughs> After two, two, um going to see two two people i i I definitely am and i i and i promptly wrote the opening track on the album called lost again which is about you know just going through life ignoring people because they don't make any sense and then haven't felt the need to do anything to write anything since and so one of the things i do ask myself i don't know whether this is definitely it was it discovering that about myself and and life becoming very very much easier because once you you realize you're autistic it's much easier to sort of get through um will i ever feel the need again to to write anything because perhaps i don't need the escape into this world that makes that makes sense that used to be music so we'll see But if I do if I do anything again, if I do do anything again, I think it's most likely to be that you know, helping somebody else out. Like maybe maybe someone would like some lyrics, or maybe they've got half a song, and they'd like some ideas to uh, finish it off. Because one thing I have got um, in, in in the in the lockdown. Video. I did a writing a writing a song. I I explained how I've got this dictaphone with lots of little bits and pieces on it because if I get an idea, I have to rush to the dictaphone to sing it into the dictaphone, or it's gone forever. And I come back to that dictaphone, and I can hear that it's me, but I've got no recollection of all these tunes. And there's some brilliant, brilliant little snippets on there that if I could be bothered, would become. Um, would become really good tunes. So, who knows? One day, maybe, maybe it's a possibility that someone's to say, "Oh, help me finish this song," and I, I dive into my, into my dictaphone of snippets, and and something might come out.
2: Because Rich Raggedy from Rich Raggedy and the Digressions gets a co-write on the aforementioned. Everybody knows it's true. How did that come about?
3: I had the tune and the, and the piano part that it that it starts with, but. I was in one of those periods where I had nothing to write about, um, so I put a post up on on Facebook um, uh, saying, "Has anybody got any ideas for um, something to write a song about?" And um, really, really typical, Rich. He got He sent me a message and said, "Can I write? Can I write the lyrics for it?" And I said, "Yeah, great. You 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 go ahead." So I sent him the tune and um, instead of getting some lyrics back he said oh i got this really nice middle eight for it so he didn't send any lyrics but he sent me a bit to stick in the middle which is that fantastic bit in the middle of it which is made even greater um by the amazing pedal steel guitar of uh, morris who who is uh, oh god he he's just wonderful he he's about he's about 154 years old and he plays the thing I've always wanted a pedal steel on, on, on a record, because uh, it's an instrument that I, that I think is so beautiful, and it makes it, it just pulls at your heartstrings. So the combination of, of Rich's great middle eight and that, and that uh, pedal steel is just fantastic.
1: Well, oh, everybody knows It's true, everybody knows The fools can't help themselves Along with everyone else Their minds made up, there's nothing you can say that
2: so rich didn't write a single word not one
3: single one
2: he followed the brief then
3: <laughs> that is so typical of him but um yeah I, I, it, it was funny because there was this um amongst a load of really good ideas which i don't think i i, I ever ended up using there's this real see you next tuesday who um Uh, who said, oh, you should write a song about how wonderful um, Brexit is and how great Boris Johnson is. Being, yeah, I I think my autism came out full bore there and I called him all the names under the sun, um, uh, to which he just came back with a load of uh, verbal abuse as well. Uh, And so that became the subject matter to the song about how, Uh, everybody's arguing on social media and nobody ever changes anybody else's mind or rather that's what that's what the verses are about and then you've got that chorus that i was talking about earlier which gave the uh which gave the game away to a friend of mine uh about what was really going on
2: the final track on the album is singing with the beach boys yeah isn't that one from the Dictaphone tapes.
3: Well, it is, but in a roundabout way, because uh, again, on on the lockdown video, I, I was just playing a few examples of these snippets that I've got on uh, my dictaphone, and uh, Nick Nick Hughes saw it and thought, "Oh, I like that little snippet," and without me knowing, uh, took it. So so it becomes um, the verse in the song, and he finished the song off, and I thought, "Oh, brilliant." uh I, I, yeah, there's a, there's another one I don't have to write and it's a really good song um and uh, then uh, I I wrote the uh, the lyrics to the verse which is my tune and and uh, and the bridge and the uh, chorus which is which is Nick's tune um and uh, I am pretty proud of those lyrics I th- I think they're really clever because uh, I don't know whether you noticed but a lot of those lyrics are actually Beach Boys lyrics. So we, we, we'll have fun, 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 and, uh, you know, good vibes. Yeah, and at the same time, I think it, 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 although it's quite sort of gimmicky in that way, I think it managed, m- manages to stay, um, yeah. you know, quite uh, heartfelt in, in that it's a story about uh, a, d- a divorced dad who's just celebrating those odd weekends when he gets to take his um, his young lad away uh, and uh, enjoys the fact that they, they both love uh, singing along at, their, at the top of their voices to Beach Boys songs on the uh, CD in the car. Slightly different for me, because of course it's got nothing to do with my life. It's a story that um, that uh, I just made up in my head and, and then fitted to a song. <laughs>
1: town, he'll be working, but it's this weekend he gets to see his boy, he'll meet him at his mother's, keep him for the weekend, they'll take his soft-top Mustang head down to the coast, waiting for whatever comes, get away. sunshine smiling on the boat ready for some summer sun every day
2: got to ask this but how did the rest of the big heads take the news that you were calling it a day
3: i was um worried about telling them um although all of them um were really really cool about it i mean after all we've been we've been going a long time and um you know they They understood that they they understood that for me the time had had come to stop. Uh, and of course they've got they've got other things going on as well. Nick, we've talked about the million and one things. Sophie's got got a band. I still think Sophie is one of the people who doesn't believe me. You know, there's a, there's a few people out there who 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 don't believe me. But um, she, she she thinks that 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 I'll be doing something again. Um, and and Karen has got stuff going on as well, so they were they were all really good about it.
2: Oh, that's good. And on that last note, almost literally, I think that draws us nicely to a conclusion, which only leaves me to thank you, Duncan, for sparing the time this evening, for the music, for the great live shows, and that maybe you don't stop playing live.
3: Yeah. I think I, I, I think I'm going to, but as everybody says, you can never say never. But I think I'm going to. We'll just see.
2: Duncan, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure.
3: All right. Cheers then. Speak soon.
2: of chartbusters that was the Duncan kid read penned and sung taking on the world I know Duncan has already indicated that he's not sure how long the final set will be at the Lexington on the 7th of October but with five albums to draw from it's going to be difficult to have a set list that will please everyone my recommendation is not to have a support act but to play as much and for as long as you can maybe taking on the world could get an airing I can but hope. Along with being invited on stage to play bass on said song. Funnily enough, I have my bass right here. Excuse me (laughs) while I stand up and... Right, here we go. (music) Until next week, take it easy.